Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Give us your money. <laughs> this is... Uh, that's it. That's the entire show. Just right there. We're there, just done. There's I mean, the show. Yes. There's the show. Um, welcome, everyone, to uh, the H2O Podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. And I am Timothy Harvey. And tonight, we're talking crowdfunding and... To be just uh, a little, uh, let's set up the box because that's an awfully big topic. Um, so we're not going to cover everything crowdfunding. We are going to we're going to look at a, a few uh, particular aspects of it. But uh, we thought we'd get in here. It was a, a suggestion from a listener. Uh, thank you, Sonia, for the for the topic suggestion. So we thought we'd talk about. Uh, some of the some of the successes and some of the some of the not so successful projects and and the the idea the concept of crowdfunding. Let me turn a light on here because I look a little dark. There we go. That's a little a better. Little bit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, hello everyone. My name is Jason Hunt. And you're still Jason Hunt. Yeah. And did I already do that? that are, yeah. You did. Yes, that's all right. <sighs> Haven't had enough coffee today. That's what it is. Anyway, all right. So crowdfunding. Uh, for those of you who are uh, new to the idea, we're prob- you probably heard a little bit about it on social media. Uh, various different projects have uh slid past you on on uh, the different platforms you know facebook and and twitter and and especially now in this day and age where everything is online and you have uh various gofundmes getting set up kickstarter projects indiegogo projects a lot of stuff that's being set up because we don't have our usual uh conventions and get-togethers and events, a lot of people are starting to set up things online in order to help pay the bills. And uh, crowdfunding has been a model that's been growing over the last, oh, I don't know, I would say probably really in earnest the the last two or three years, especially when it comes to genre <laughs> projects. See, I would say you're 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 narrowing it down a little bit much there. There we there are some successful projects from the middle of last decade 2015 2016 um there were certainly you know dark souls the board game 2016 yeah but in terms of one project after the next after the next after the next you know in terms of of crowdfunding being a common thing you know you have the one project that's the breakout success or you know, one every three months, or every six months, or something in a very in, you know in different categories. But in terms of crowdfunding being 
more top of mind, I guess, the whole top of mind awareness and and that sort of thing in the general public. And I think there we, there comes into a question, and and this is a good, really good question. I don't think we we prepared to ask ourselves this really, because um, because crowdfunding has been around for a little while. Yeah, uh, and certainly there have been some really interesting projects that have been crowdfunded over time, and some notable failures. Um, some notable things that were funded and then crashed and burned, uh, because that's how it works. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, uh, just recently, gosh, I think it was again, was it, was it the, the cooler? There was a big, there was a cooler that was just, there was, uh, it was a cooler with a blender and all these little things. And, and recently they just ended up in court again. I missed that one. For failing to, to A, deliver their product or B, pay their bills. Mm. Um, you know, things happen. Um, one hopes that, you know, but, and projects that get funded don't get fulfilled. And there's certainly been a few of those over time. Right. Um, but there's been stuff, uh, and I was looking through some of the most successful Kickstarters uh, and really surprised how many of them were genre. Uh, a lot. You know, a lot of them are board games. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot of, a lot of board games got funded. Of course, Mystery Science Theater 3000. 5.8 million uh, bring to bring the show back uh, uh, in 2015. Wasn't there a uh, Ghostbusters reading? project at one point? Uh, either I have a, vague a memory game or a trading card set or something uh, here, something. what, two, um, two years ago? Uh, Veronica Mars fans, of course, will know that that's one of the ways that that show uh, uh, got back into the world. Right. Um, I think it was, what, uh, almost $6 million dollars. Um, and, uh, of course, reading rainbow back in 2014 for those of us of a certain age, uh, <laughs> with a certain fondness for LeVar Burton, right. Uh, his reading program, um, that was a, a five and a half million dollar project back in 2014. So not strictly speaking genre, genre, but it's genre you know, adjacent. Definitely yeah. genre. Adjacent. Well, and, and some of these projects too, especially when you get over onto Kickstarter, uh, you have to remember that the way Kickstarter has their model set up, it's an all or nothing thing. You either meet the goal or you don't. And if you meet the goal, you get the money. If you don't right. meet the goal, everybody gets a refund and you don't get squat. Right. Whereas with Indiegogo, you can choose the all or nothing option. Or you can choose, we'll, we'll take what we get and we'll be happy with that. Right. And right. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they have a more official piece of text sure, yeah, on the button. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this idea of going out into the, into the luminiferous ether of the internet and asking people for money. And sometimes yeah. not small amounts of money. No, no. I mean, you know, some of these folks, uh, those numbers don't always uh, indicate, you know, the numbers that they actually ask for versus what they get. Yeah. Um, but people literally go on there, uh, Super Troopers 2 on Indiegogo, they asked for $2 million. I mean, I don't know. I mean, admittedly, that particular comedy troupe has had, you know, experience with films and things like that you know they had a they had a built-in audience yeah but can you imagine just going out and going so i've got this thing i'd like you to give me two million dollars please 
I have not seen too many of them ask for two million, although there are some projects that have maybe not necessarily that particular a single project, but a series of projects. Uh, and one of them we talk about tonight is is Brian Polito. Uh, his Lady Death series of graphic novels. Uh, he's done um, he's done 18 projects on Kickstarter since the summer of 2015. 10 out of 18 of those has been for his Lady Death character. And collectively, on all of his projects, Lady Death, La Muerta, and a couple of others, he's made $2.6 million dollars since 2015. And his his numbers keep trending up with the various different projects. La Muerta is going up a little bit. Lady Death is going up. Um, what was the other one? Um, I can't remember the the name. There's there's uh, Hell Witch. I think is his his third one. And I think they're both Hell Witch and and Lady Death. I think are in the same story universe. So all of those projects, the not only are the are the number, uh, you know, the amount of money going up, but the number of backers keeps going up. And so, you know, you've got. But I also think he's 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 a, a and I, I haven't heard anything to the contrary, but he's also a creator who's very good about getting his product out on time. Yeah, Which and I think I, it's an issue for and, and 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 this is just a thing that you have to bear in mind folks. If you're if you're willing to to fund someone online, an individual creator who's doing work. Um deadlines are important. There is simply no question to that. Uh however, um one does have to bear in mind that individual creators don't always most creators of independent film or independent comics or writing for themselves or things like that where they don't have a they're not backed by you know a, a comic book company or a studio or, or these things you know they're functioning on you know they don't have health insurance right they don't have you know the, their their lives are their certainly their lives are their creative part but one of the things you can run into with anything like this is that you have people missing deadlines for putting this stuff out and sometimes that is a, you know, if it's a one-off thing or, or, or you see this stuff happen from time to time and you recognize, you know, they're upfront about it, that's a, that's a good sign. You want to watch for the folks who seem to raise a lot of money and never give you anything for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. And there are a few of those out there in the world and you have to watch for those. And and um, those, uh, oddly enough, the ones, the ones that I've come across, and it's not, certainly not a, a blanket statement, you know, I'm not... I'm, it's going to sound like I'm painting with a broad brush, but I'm not. There is not a distinction between professionals and amateurs when it comes to who finishes and who doesn't. It's a mix both ways um, because, you know, there's a there's a particular project from B. Clay Moore that mm -hmm. has been sitting and has been fully funded for a number of years and has essentially disappeared. And Moore has been silent on it and doesn't respond to any requests for a status update on it. And where's the book? Yeah. And, and you have to wonder with stuff like that sometimes because no, you know, on one level, it's got to be damaging to their reputation. I mean, they sure. have to know that. I mean, it, obviously it is damaging to somebody's reputation. Well, and but especially given to. that he actually works in the comics industry. I mean, he's, right. it's not, he's not some fly by night Joe Schmo off the street out of 
Philadelphia or something. I mean, he's he's got a, he's got a, a career in this. Yeah, and so you kind of have to wonder what the thought process is there when you don't say anything. Now it's no. you know there's whatever whatever reasons we give to people about why these things don't get done. We do many of us find ourselves doing that in the course of our lives, for one reason or another. I didn't clean my room. I didn't finish the project. <laughs> you know, I missed yeah. I missed your sister's wedding. Whatever it is that you managed to you know um, <laughs> you were supposed to do and didn't do on time you at least try to explain yourself. And so it's really disappointing. And again, folks, um, and he's got almost $21,000 raised on this project and it's now one can burn through $21,000 relatively quickly. There's no question about that, but you would at least say, you know, oops. Um, right. But again, I, I not know, not knowing why that, and that's really, I think, I think the frustrating (laughs) things for a lot of people when they fund this stuff is that if they don't know why, you know, yeah. I mean, even even this is a terrible person and he took my money because he's a jerk or yeah, at least, you know, why? <laughs> well, and <laughs> you then know? you have then you have the project that uh, Zoe Quinn set up ostensibly with Chuck Tingle. Of course, Chuck Tingle ended up saying, oh, you didn't know anything about it. But the it was supposed to be a video game. They raised a ton of money and it all disappeared about the same time that she took a trip to Japan and a lot of people started asking questions, where'd the money go, where'd the money go? Uh, I did run across an article from Sophia Narwitz over on Niche Gamer uh, saying that um, some of the people involved in the project actually responded to requests for clarification. Apparently, at some point, uh, Quinn had decided to port it over to a mobile platform. And ended up incurring more expenses and more costs for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everybody that Sophia Narwitz talked to apparently got paid what they were owed in terms of the development team. So some money got spent on this thing, but it's never seen the light of day. But the product never made it to the yeah, never, product product never, never made it. Out. But also, there's never been an update from Zoe Quinn saying... We ended up not having enough money. So sorry. So sad. Too bad. It's not going to happen. You know, and I think the lack of communication is probably the biggest thing out of all of these projects. If anything's going to happen or not happen, you'd better tell the people that are giving you money. Well, you would think so. And, and, that's, and that's a thing that, that, you know, honestly, folks, again, if, you're, if you find a really cool project, because you can, you can go on these platforms and just hunt around. And you can find so you can find genre projects or or you know clothing or technology and all kinds of really cool things. Um, but one of the things I you know definitely look at is what kind of interaction these folks are, are having, and if there are you know if there are complaints about these folks because some some of these folks are doing you know this isn't the first time they've done stuff, uh, and you can actually find a history. Sometimes you can't. That's just how it works. But, you know, uh, again, you just really want to make sure that you are looking at you are looking at track record where you can, but also, you know, buyer beware, buyer, just, you know, be careful. Robert, Robert in the chat mentions vaporware and star citizen. I am not familiar with either one of those. Well, vaporware is a vaporware is an industry term. It's uh, it's it's from the video game world where basically it's a whole lot of whole lot of air. Gotcha. Gotcha. See, I'm not uh, my again, 
I peaked at the Atari 2600. So some of these terms <laughs> in the gaming oh, yeah. in world. In the video game industry, um, it, on the professional level, leaving, even leaving aside crowdfunding, there is a long, long history of uh, companies announcing the creation of certain uh, projects that uh, got a lot of fans really excited. And then somehow, and certain, certain video game creators who... Um, did a, were really really good at self promotion. I'm not, and and that's a whole different show. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, along the way, managed to have a whole lot of people sit there and go, "Now you've been saying that for like a decade now. <laughs> so how come the thing is not the thing?" Yeah. Well, and and we have uh, we have a, a kind of a story of our own with is this thing going to get finished or not? But it's, it's our own project and with our own money. And we're not, we didn't do any kind of a Kickstarter or raise funds for it with Randolph Carter. It's just ours. And so, yeah, if, if we had been, if we had done any kind of, of fundraising for that project, then absolutely we would probably be, you know, every month or so, every month and a half saying, okay, here's where we are. Here's the status of it. Um, and of course, we've well, we had also a few. Well, we also would have been able to sit there and say, this is going to screen, because it did. We screened it at the, yeah. uh, uh, Terror on the Plains at the Kansas International Film Festival. So, yeah. it, I mean, we, we, we'd also be promoting the thing. And, and even, you know, even though we're not completely ready to call it done, we put it out into the world in, in, so people have actually watched it. So it's yeah. been, you know, so it's that's, kind of not quite finished, but it's finished enough that people can actually see it. It's finished, but we have a tendency to look at it and go, you know, I saw it in my head. <laughs> yeah. Like this, that last shot, uh, that last I, shot I, needs work. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Kesium in uh, the chat. I remember when Star Citizen was first launched on Kickstarter, and the first thing out of my mouth was that was a render, not gameplay. Oh, um, see, that's another thing that you should, that shows up again. It's not just on the. It's definitely not just on the crowdfunding side of things. No. You see this with major studios, and with crowdfunding, at least you can sit there and say, "Hey, guys, this is a concept or something." Sure. Uh, it's when the studios, you know, release their trailer at some big convention and go. It's what the game is going to look like. Then you buy the game for sixty bucks six months later and go, "No, yeah. it's not." Well, <laughs> and, and, and I find it interesting that you know, over the last uh, couple of years, uh, I guess, um, and this is something that I've noticed. It could have been going on before that, but I wasn't really paying attention much to it. But a lot more of the of the comics projects are adding trailers whether it's uh you know like a motion graphic or mm -hmm. an animation of some sort or some kind sure. of a some kind of an after effects kind of thing where the the video because you, when you get into indiegogo or, or kickstarter you put up trailer you you put some sort of a video that says hey here's sure. what the project is here's what we're doing and you know you can do the talking head and you can say Hi, we're doing this project and give us money. Uh, but a lot of them are starting to to get a little bit fancier with it and do tra do actual trailers for this is the project. Here's what it's going to be. Right. Here's what it's going to look like. So, um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to see the evolution of the of the crowdfunding model 
as things have gone on because it's one of those where before that it was you know here here's me here's this project please give us money it might make it it might not and let the chips fall where they may but now there's actual you know enough people have done it enough people have succeeded at it that there are best practices and procedures and processes and suggestions and hints and tips and you know here's how you here's how you you strategize to get the most out of your projects and uh you know a lot of it is um get on youtube build a following you know have a website have social media presence and all of this these kind of things um, I know Clint Stoker over at Sweetcast, before he even launched a book, he was on YouTube pretty much every day uh, talking about comics and talking about stuff and, and, and promoting forward, building his audience so that when he finally did say, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to do a book. I mean, he had already done some self-published novels, mm -hmm. but his first comic book, he he spent the time to build the audience on his YouTube channel and then he launched the comic book. And I've seen, too, a number of them have come out and said the best way to approach this is to have the book close to being done when you launch. So, oh, yeah. you know, so that you don't have to wait a year before the book is done from the time you give them your money. And I think that's a really smart thing to do. And of course, if you've got the multiple campaigns, you've got people like like Richard Meyer, Ethan Van Skyver, and and Clint Stoker, and Brian Polito, and Billy Tucci. All of them are sitting there going, "You know, this is my second, third, fourth book." You know, Doug Tenable doing a, a, you know an, another Bigfoot Bill and Earthworm Jim, and and you know they're they're all building on the success of the previous one. And Polito, especially, I think, is doing a thing where for th this new project, I'm sending a note to everybody who's backed all of the previous projects. And so you have that constant communication among your following, whether it's on social media or email list or your, your, your update list on your previous projects or whatever – and you increase the chances of getting those people to come in and back your next project, assuming that they liked it and assuming that you delivered what you promised. You know, right, you, sure. you under you under promise and you over deliver and you should be able to get most of those people to come back. Well, hopefully. And I think that, that one of the things you have to make sure that you're doing. Um, there was recently, uh, Ethan Metzgeiber recently ran into a problem where one of the products that he was offering for one of his, I think it was one of his stretch goals, the coins. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Yeah, turned out to actually uh, not be what was described. And he had to change his kit. He had to change what he had on his on his site. Uh, and now, in, in, you know, to his credit, he, uh, he did that and apparently has offered a refund uh, to the folks who had pledged that. Uh, but there's a couple of issues there that that you could you have to have to, have to ask yourself. And and one thing that you know, not knowing the man, and certainly not having any reason to think that he should take advice from me. But next time, um, if you're going to offer something like that, do two things: make sure that it is actually the thing that you are offering, uh, because it either is in a situation like this, you either have uh, 
uh, either your supply chain is not providing what you have told people it's going to provide. Right. Or you're not telling the truth. You don't want it to be the second one any to any time if you're a creator because you'll get that sort of stuff comes out. Yeah. But if it's an issue with the supply chain, guys, if you're getting your content, if you're doing fun, if you're doing fundraising uh, through Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and you've got something where you're getting content from someone else to provide to your fans, quality control on that stuff. Just sure. just to keep yourself so that if you if you are want a good relationship you don't want to end up with somebody going i got this thing from them and it's not what they said yeah because the internet is a place where people talk i and saw a video richard meyer did a video on this um talking about the the different steps that he's had to take to make sure that when the books get into the hands of the people who paid for them they're not not ripped not bent and right, all that right. and mm -hmm. and he's and he's gotten you know, he's backed other projects because he wants to see what other people are doing. And right. the my my wonder what I wonder on on the thing with the coin with even I didn't see how that all developed. But what I'm wondering is, you know, when they send you a sample and then they do something that doesn't match the sample. You know, sure. at, at what point, you know, where does that breakdown happen? And and then also, and not knowing how this how this shook out, I'm wondering if any of that supply chain was affected by the lockdown and he had to find somebody else. And he's like, this um, is I, this is you, the thing. But now he's got to go to somebody else to get the thing. And it, and it didn't match. I don't like I said, I'm speculating. Not, I don't not know. Knowing, not knowing extreme details like. That's a really good question, and yeah. I'm afraid I don't know. Um, but the um, and someone else, someone else who's followed this better can certainly jump in and let me know. Yeah. Um, but the the apparently one of somebody who had actually purchased these coins um, took them out of the package and said these don't look right, and then discovered that instead of it actually being a coin that has that is has color printed onto the surface of the coin, mm -hmm. it was actually a sticker, a piece of paper. That was ah. attached to the coin, um, and of course, you would not know this if it's inside its sealed packaging. And so, again, you know, like I said, it's just you know, if you again, I'm not I'm not accusing anyone of anywhere anything at any stage of this. I'm yeah. just saying that as a creator who is providing something, you are providing something for your fans that you don't necessarily create on your own, but you have somebody else create on your behalf as much as you can. You know, uh, do do as much quality control as you can because yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, especially if you, you know, certainly, you know, cyber frogs done pretty well. So you want to make sure that if, yep. you're, if you're having that, if you're having that kind of relationship with your client base, the people who are giving you money to produce this product, yeah. um, even if it's just a giveaway thing, I mean, it's not a giveaway. There was, you, you paid extra money for the coins, but you, do what you can. And there's all the, the there's, you cannot always control what other companies are going to do, even right. under your name. But that's one of those things you want to make you want to watch out for uh, and take care of, especially if you're a creator trying to produce. Um, but you mentioned you mentioned earlier having that content ahead of time. You and I years ago um, got involved with. Uh, I was it started off with this. It was a film project, and it was this really cool idea. It was a um, episodic soap opera that was meant to be very. It was a, a parody, parody of soap opera. Yeah. And I, I was the um, uh, one of the producers on the first episode of this, and I produced and directed the second episode, and you did the third. Mm -hmm. 
And the idea was, is that creators, filmmakers from around the country would each produce the next episode in this. And it would be this like, you know, giant collective ridiculous story that we would all be and and they produced the first episode and it's like well that's really cool and it premiered and people were like that's neat and i did an episode and then you did an episode and then it just dried up died yeah and you and i talked to them about the fact that you know you have to have this content in the in the can so that when you are going out you have to give people a chance to find your thing and then do your thing so that you can actually have your thing continue beyond three episodes and not just, you know, disappear entirely. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing for whether you're doing a comic or action figures or uh, board games or anything else that's playing in the genre world. When, um, you know, if you're going to try and produce something on a, on a regular basis, it, if you can have as much of that in advance, you can have as much content before you even start saying, and I, I know some creators do this. They basically say, hey, I've got 30 pages of the 45 pages written. So mm-hmm. I'm going to sit there and go, hey, guys, you know, if you want this thing, have uh, have some money, you yeah. know, so, you know, send some money this way. And uh, we've got uh, a, another Robert in the chat for creators. Why fund projects via crowdfunding versus stream of income from Patreon or something like that? Casium says Patreon is very consistent money. It can be, um, although there have been some accusations and i don't know how substantiated these are uh, but there have been some accusations that some platforms uh have started gatekeeping a little bit based on political ideology i have not come across that experience myself personally uh although we are experiencing some shenanigans with youtube i don't think it's politically motivated that's, but that's, that's not that's because youtube can't figure out what they're doing on their back end yeah but uh, um, aside, from, aside from there and, and no offense to the fine folks at youtube i get i get it guys it's a business model but but it's an algorithm it's not even but, a real person doing something it should be automatic well, there's, there's a there's a business model behind this that basically is youtube wants to make the most amount of money that they can hmm. and i like i said i get it i yeah. don't I, I don't blame them for doing that. It's just not going well for the smaller creators. Yeah. The other I, thing about um, crowdfunding versus stream of income from Patreon is that if you are, so I have, I, I follow a couple of people on Patreon, really like five bucks a month, right? I'm, I don't, I don't throw, it's usually podcast stuff. Yeah. Um, and because one of the things that you can find is that if you're on Patreon and you are producing content, they're expected to make, you're, you're expected to give something all the time on Patreon. And you can be very clear up front, I wanna get, I'm, I'll have two posts a month, or I'll have one post a month, or things like that. But you have to produce that every time. You can't yeah. miss one. Because if you do, pretty much consistently, pay, a lot of people who get money through Patreon will tell you, you'll lose people immediately. They'll just go, I didn't get the thing I wanted, I didn't get that, you know, that blog post or or that sketch or any of the things. Because so you're not just having to provide a a specific thing, like a comic book yeah. or a game or you know or or a series of these things on a schedule. You have to do it every single month, again and again and again and again and again. And well, for some people, life if life gets in the way at all. Um, and and the other thing is is that, um, I think really for things like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, it's much more. 
you can you can drive things by personality and reputation better through things like Indiegogo and Kickstarter than yeah. say Patreon. Whereas you can have you can there are there are a lot of great uh, Patreon projects out there where your Patreon accounts out there where you know they're getting lots and lots of money every month. But a lot of that stuff also comes down to that money has to go to it's going to specific things like this money is going to actually help so that we can actually pay the actors on our podcast. That's what this money is for. Um, and, and, or, you know, or, or this, this or money supplies, is to, or, yeah. or expenses or whatever travel. To, so to some to degree, so, so some degree. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Uh, cause, cause it's, it's definitely is a job. And I think that's something that, that you have to bear in mind personally. Um, I think, the consistency level across Patreon uh, has some advantages. And I also think that there's a, by the, this, well, and this is all depends on the creator and the fans is it's fairly easy to build a community there in terms mm -hmm. of interacting with that individual creator. Right. Um, and but so again, that's you get into the need for constant communication. So you've got exactly. to be updating your people, your patrons, you have to be telling them, here's what's going on. Here's what we're doing. If, if there's a delay or if there's a new thing to offer or anything like that. Well, um, and Patreon and Patreon, you can definitely have the same kind of issues that you can have over on. And these others where you, where you suddenly go dark, the, and again, I, I don't know the reasons why, and this is not a blast specifically, but the folks who make the Tannis podcast, uh, Tannis, the black tapes, uh, mm -hmm. rabbits, um, when they started their Patreon account, they were very, very engaged with their fans. And over the last couple of years, it's been, if you get a post a month, um, and it's a, you know, it's essentially, here's our newsletter, um, yeah. which, you know what, um, I'm subscribed to their newsletter. So I'm pretty sure that I get the same thing that the Patreon folks get. I, I don't know. I don't give, I don't, I don't, I don't give them any of my money on, on, on Patreon, but, but you see that sort of thing happen and, and that can end up being blowback. You're causing blowback even among a dedicated fan base. So it's a balancing act. Yeah. I mean, well, and, and besides Patreon, you have Subscribestar, mm -hmm. which is a similar kind of thing. As a matter of fact, we have, uh, we have a Subscribestar account. I'll just throw that up here on the screen here real quick. Where Should you want you know, to, you know, five, you know, $5 a month. Now we haven't, we haven't updated this since all of the lockdown happened but basically the idea was for us to start raising money to help us cover the cost of uh, going to various different events and live streaming from those events similar to what we did at c2e2 what we did at uh, star wars celebration last year worldcon yeah, worldcon going out and and having the wherewithal to set up whether we get a booth, uh, you know, whether they provide a booth or we pay for a booth, you know, traveling there, hotel, food, lodge, and all that, but also setting up in a space where we could broadcast the entire weekend at the event where we're at and do interviews and panel reports and all of that. Since the lockdown, we haven't been able to do any of that, but we've been doing daily updates on what Comic Cons are changing their schedules, what's canceling, what's what's you know postponing, and that sort of thing. So you know we're we're in that group where we're we're delivering content on pretty much a daily basis at this point. So if we were to set up a campaign where it's 
you know, either, you know, cause the subscribe star there is there every month is, is there all the time. Um, the funding, you know, we don't have too many people signed up over there. Uh, we have the PayPal thing, which is a one and done. Somebody can throw money our way and it'd be a one time thing and, and you don't have any obligation to do it again. Uh, but the 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 Indiegogo or the Kickstarter, the crowdfunding is a one time. Here's a big amount of money that we're looking for. And here's what we're going to use it for. And we don't we don't have a comic book to make. <laughs> yeah. So so there's not anything that would that would keep us from, you know, delivering because we're already making the thing we're already making the product i mean it's you know we've got uh, right now we've got nine nine shows in production over here on this channel and so you know it's see our problem is jason is that we give it away for free well yeah we do we do um but you know i can think of some things uh, i can say i i can think of some perks and some tiers uh, sure. That we could set up for something of ours. I mean, of course, there's always the mugs. There's the T-shirts. We could do it. See, I'd never even thought about a challenge coin until Ethan had said he was doing one. I'll be and, perfectly honest. I do not understand or particularly have any interest to ever get a challenge coin for any reason whatsoever. Well, it apparently is, it it's has, a thing. It I mean, there are a lot of people way. that do it. So, And that's great. And, and I wish them nothing but the best, but I'm never going to buy one. <laughs> Because I just I just don't see the point. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I again, if, if that's something that you really really enjoying and you want to buy those things, you guys go right ahead. I personally just don't understand. It. I've seen I've seen um, door hangers. I've seen stickers. I've seen buttons. I've seen sure. uh, posters. Uh, what else? Um, magnets. All of which, by the way are probably as equally as impractical as a challenge coin. Although you can, I, you can I use can a magnet. Of, well, yeah, I can think of, I, and I would hang up a poster and things like that. I just, there's, I, I, and I have a few of these things that I've picked up over the years on at, at conventions where you've got some sort of cool thing that's, you know, whatever fandom thing you're involved with and it never leaves the package. Yeah. And part of me sits there and goes, why did I get this? Because I'm not that kind of collector of things. Where it's like, I'm going to keep this in mint condition, and then later I'm going to put my children through college. No, this is that's not how I, I've never thought of things that way in terms of in terms of the stuff that I buy. So again, it just comes down to, you know, knock yourself out if that's the thing you want to buy. But I just don't. See it. Well, you know, we could do. Uh, you know, we could, we could, uh, we could do um, a, a a credit on a show, like an associate producer or a producer credit on a show. Where you know you give us you give us money at a certain level and your name is in the credits for the program for a year. But or then we like have had the episode where we explain what producers actually do and the different different <laughs> kinds of producers. Well, because... the, see, but the associate producer is that catch-all credit that can just be for anybody that's well, that's but attached then again, to so's the project. Pro so's producer. <laughs> <laughs> So, but that could be a know, tier. That could be two tiers. You could sure. be an associate producer like, or a producer you're, tier. You're the, you're the kind of producer that gives us money and then has no creative input. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Robert says, challenge coins translate into free drinks in the right group. And I think that's, that's true. Uh, yeah, I think it depends on the, on the coin, though. Um, because uh, you know, for me, so when, when I started hearing about 
challenge coins being offered as part of a, a of a crowdfunding project I was like what why why would they be doing challenge coins because challenge coins to me the history of challenge coins is in the military and i'm thinking why how, what what circumstances would you have to be in to be in a bar and somebody throws a cyber frog challenge coin on the bar and somebody else knows what that thing is you know, um, or an Elvis a, challenge or, coin, or a, a crowdfunding you know, convention, or or a, or a you know Lucky Charms challenge coin. You know, these challenge coins for all of these different things, it just strikes me as you know like not necessarily you know impractical like you were saying, but it's not widely known enough in the general population that it would be a thing. You know, I throw this Cyberfrog challenge coin on the on the desk, nobody's going to know what it is. Well, like I said it's a, it's a crowd it'd be like a crowdfunding convention and then they get into a, you know, my crowdfunding's bigger than your crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. Um because you know, there's cuz it's at the bar and they're and they're drinking. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I mean again, it's you know, there's a lot of these folks offer various interesting things at their at their stretch goals and and you know, you can buy additional stuff aside from the from the main product that they're selling the main you know comic book or book or game or whatever it is yeah um the the question becomes you know is that something you see as a justifiable expense and you know if you're a fan and you want to have that thing hey you just knock yourself out yeah i think one of the challenges one of the challenges that we would be uh, that we would be facing for doing anything like this is that we don't actually have a physical product that we can ship to somebody, you know? Well, and, and that's true. But, and, but although we have discussed in the past, um, and it's an ongoing discussion, um, some physical product aspects of this that, that could exist. Yeah. Um, and some of it, were, but again, you know, we talk about things that are, are aimed at a certain market. I mean, we're talking, you know, the, our favorite idea and the really, really great idea that you came up with is targeted at a certain uh, uh, certain <laughs> kind of fan with with a certain kind of memory, and yeah. uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But it's kind of like, you know, I we get it, but we could we could do one stretch goal could be uh, uh, getting the movie library, so yeah. you could do the Saturday Saturday night movie, which you know there is there is a there is a thing with a value. It's just we're not we're not sending it to your home. We're de delivering it to your screen. Where, you know, we we raise the money. We use that money to pay the expenses of getting copies of this of of these titles, whatever they are. And you made this possible. Now here's the movies that we're going to show you as part of our program. Right. You could do something like that. Um, yeah, I that I could see I could see where we would do something like that. The the question is for me, it's such an unusual product product uh in in quotes because there's no physical thing. There's no book. And that's one of the things that I've had to really try to wrap my head around on what do we deliver if we do a crowdfunding project? Sure. Well, and sometimes it's easy. So you have like, you know, with the gaming stuff or the comic book stuff, you know, you act, you do have a physical thing or a digital thing. In the case of a game, in theory, you would get a digital copy. Yeah. Um, but some of these things, you know, like Veronica Mars, um, Rating Rainbow, you know, uh, uh, 
Mystery Science Theater 3000, you did not get Mystery Science Theater 3000 did not come to your house and do the show. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was not one of the goals. And if it was one of the goals, I feel really bad that I didn't take advantage of it. Um, but, you know, so you you ended up with a product um, that either, you know, in the case of like, you know, some of this stuff did actually get into the theaters. Veronica Mars got into the movie theaters. Um, you know, it was a limited, what, a limited run? Um, uh, I believe so. And then it got picked up as a as a new series on, uh, what was it, sure. Net- Netflix or but Hulu? But then you look at, but wasn't uh, um, uh, Jim and the Holograms, wasn't that a crowdfunded? Could have been. Thing, I, I, think, um, I think it might which, have you know, been. We don't yeah. have dusted on the show, but Jim and the Holograms was uh, uh, a particularly god-awful movie. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so, I mean, it, it, it really... I, I, Gosh, I really think it was a crowdfunded project. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think at least part of it was. Yeah, um, yeah, and it was just it, and it and it lost lost ridiculous amounts of money. Yeah, um, and it was really unfortunate that you ended up with a uh, a project was you know when you have things like a, a giant fan base. That's just a, that's just you know that's a when you've got a fan base that you are are promising them a quality version of that fan base and you want them to give your money for you to make it, you know? Um, and gems is a really good example of how not to do that. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you talk about having a big fan base. We don't. <laughs> so that would be the other thing is like, okay, well, how much could we realistically think that we could pull in? Um, but yeah, uh, Robert mentions the coin identifying members of your tribe. You look at some of the different groups that are out there, um, Comicscape being one, Fandom Menace being one. Um, when you have like-minded group and you're making a product and, and you have that built-in tribe, as it were, you know, there's there's the other thing that you can appeal to, you know, you can appeal to that group and you could say, hey, we want to make this thing. You guys all share the same values that we do or the same priorities that we do. Come help us make this thing. And, you know, whether whether it's, you know, ideologically driven or fan of a particular property driven or something, you know, go... Send a note to all of the brown coats that you know, all of the Hoovians that you know. Hey, we're working on this project that has to do with this. Sure, you know that kind of thing where you where you start reaching out to all of these different fan groups and say, "This is the thing we're going to do. Help us build it." And maybe they show up. Right, and I think, I and mean, I also think that again, it's a, it's a balancing act because for the outside of certain fandoms when you get into some things that are ideologically driven uh and that's you know you, you've got to make those decisions for, your, for yourself folks yeah um is that it could also be a gatekeeping the other way yeah okay you, 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 you may have that that group that that you can appeal to but you may not be able to appeal to a group outside that group or you may have you may end up getting backlash from outside that group and that's something you have to keep in mind whenever you're doing this as a creator or as a consumer spend your money sensibly um target your audiences sensibly and in, in what's sensible to you i'm i have opinions and i don't need to go into them and that's one of the things <laughs> that you, you know i mean that's because it's not my 
if you're going to spend your money on a creator, it's your money, guys. I'm not going to tell you how to spend it. Yeah. But I mean, but see you know, that's but that's me, an aspect sure, but, but that's an aspect of deciding how do how you market it. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you approach promoting this project? Where do you promote the project? Do you just buy ads on Facebook or do you go on social media and and maybe you reach out to particular members uh, of a particular group and say, "Hey, we're not part of your group, but this right. might be something that your group is interested in." Check it out. Take a look, um, because I know there's a uh, there's a guy on Twitter who's putting together uh, a Phantom Menace Comics Gate uh, YouTube TV guide type of thing. We're basically coming up with a schedule. All of these different people who have YouTube channels. When are their programs on? Mm-hmm. And I had reached out and said, you know, we're not Comics Gate. We're not Phantom Menace. You know, we we're pretty neutral. Try to stay, you know, as as objective as possible with all of our programming. And sent them sent them the links and said, you know, if there's any interest, you know, if you guys want to include us, that's fine. We're not taking we're not taking the sides. You know, we're not we're not identifying with any of these groups. We're just here's here's the stuff that we do. Here's the content we make. So, you know, you can do that kind of thing where you can sit there and say, you're this group, you're this group, you're this group. We have something that all of you will like, whether you like each other or not. And and hopefully you can find a way to do that. And that's what you always hope this. You hope that you can find a way to do that without being perceived. And this is a tough one because it's the Internet. Yeah. Everybody, everybody has an opinion. Um, and you can, you know perceive that somebody is on somebody's side we see this happen with creators right now who you know pop up from time to time it's like i'm not part of this group and i'm not part of this group but people claim them and and it's stuff yeah it's stuff and things and it it gets in the way yeah yeah it can it can be a problem hopefully we can avoid getting labeled so far we've we've managed to do pretty well you know, and I've had comments every now and again from people saying, you know, we, we like what you're doing. We like the fact that you're staying, you know, center, you know, and and not not going one way or the other in terms of of, uh, uh, you know, ideological or political thought, which is good. That's the goal. That's what we're supposed. That's what we're trying to do here is, you know, be objective and balanced and you know there's a there's a mix of opinions and and ideologies in this staff in the in the people that are are on here uh we don't always agree on everything but we have enough in very show uh, several times but you know (laughs) but we have enough of enough of the things in common (laughs) in terms of being fans of the genre that we could that we could set aside the things we disagree with because they don't have anything to do with this. So yeah, who, you know, maybe, maybe there's, maybe there's an opportunity there. Maybe we can sit there and say, okay, you guys hate each other, but you both like us. Let's, you know, let's kumbaya here. and Y'all give us money. See, I, I, I just make a comment. We have a comment here. Um, well, first of all, um, any, any information that you have ever received that anyone other than uh, hand shot first, <laughs> is completely incorrect, and I'm I'm sorry. There's just 
you've been you've been sold a bill of goods if you bill of goods if you thought Greedo shot first. Yeah, no, that uh, that never. I'm sorry, happened. but I just I got, I'm going to stand by that. That's and, uh, that's revisionist history, and I will. It, I will. Uh, it's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you know what? Okay, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you and disagree with you. With controversy is good. It can be. It can also be a distraction. It can be an incredible negative, but it can also just be a distraction. Yeah. Um, and sometimes a, a, a good a good discussion can get lost in controversy, or can get de, can get derailed by controversy. And sometimes controversy is an unavoidable thing. There's no question. But uh, it's not always a bad publicity is not always good publicity I, I know i know the philosophy is that any kind of publicity is good publicity no it's not yeah um and especially with something like crowdfunding i mean if you if you don't deliver if you don't give if you don't give them what they want whether it's through you know patreon where you're giving them two short stories a month or a, a dozen sketches every three months or whatever it would however you got it broken down you know if you're not giving them what they want you're gonna lose followers you're going to lose funding and they're going to let people know what their experience is um and that may hurt your next project that may that could that could kill your next project well and not only that but if if the if the wrong crowd decides that you're the wrong crowd um i mean sean gordon sean gordon murphy is a good example of this he's you know dc comics he's he's been working on batman he did a cover for Doug Tenaple's Earthworm Jim project. It was a variant cover as a stretch goal. And he and Doug have been friends for years. And they're on opposite ends of the political spectrum. It's never been a problem with them before. Doug, you know, uh, uh, Sean's doing a cover for his friend's project. And he just got dumped on when people found out about it. And he ended up having to withdraw the art and the cover never got never got I mean, it was done, but it got pulled from the project because everybody that he works with started to label him. And, you know, you get the whole cancel culture thing to come in. And that's that's not something we're going to get to now. But but the wrong people decided that Sean should not be doing this. And it affects future projects. It affects, you know, he's looking at. You know, a whole series of, of stories that he's going to do for DC Comics in, in his his version of a Batman universe that suddenly now people are saying, well, should he even be doing this? You know, that kind of thing. And, you know, you have you have to be careful with that kind of stuff where, you know, whether whether you decide that you're going to align with a group or not, other people can decide that you align with a group. Uh, and and that could have some negative effects on other projects that you want to do down the road. It's sure, a it's a it's a fine line. You got to be very careful with some of this stuff. It, you know, and controversy does not necessarily, like you're saying, it does not necessarily serve the success of the project. Yeah, because I mean, I think there's there's look for for a certain to a certain degree, the bad publicity. You know, any publicity is good publicity. Argument works when you are wanting to get exposure mm. if that's your goal but the problem is is that beyond that there's a beyond that <laughs> you know and so depending on depending on on what and of course you know the the what happens on the internet is immediately takes on a whole different 
cast because <laughs> the internet has no filter and and the people on the internet have no filter and there's right. no and people can people can say whatever they want um and without often often you know you might get you might get a bazillion tweets against you but who cares i mean yeah. it's it's twitter I mean, and to some degree that, you know, yes, social media has its, its pros and cons and damages can do damage as well. But at the end of the day, if you produce a product uh, that your fans want, what people say about you on Twitter isn't going to matter all that much because the people who are actually giving you money are getting what they want. So that's, yeah. that, you know, it's, it really, in, in many ways with a lot of this stuff, you know, how, whatever you feel about the ideology or, or opinions of the product or whatever it is, you know, these are folks who are, the fans are at, you know, the, these creators, whether it's game or comic or whatever it is, um, are, are the successful ones are giving the folks who want to give them money, the thing that they want for the money, which is how it's supposed to work. Yeah. And, you know, whether you, whether you like that particular person or not, well, you know, don't buy their thing, buy a different thing. <laughs> there's there's a lot of things out there for sale folks in in genre um and uh some of them are uh, uh reasonably priced and very cool to buy and there's a lot of if you are an independent if you are somebody who wants to find content produced by folks outside of the mainstream comic companies at least for now we don't know we don't know what this is going to look like over time for sustainability you just don't know yeah. um but there's a lot of content being produced by a lot of different people across every political or religious or superhero romance horror there's just tons of different comics that are out well, there right now that you not can only that but you've got people like Todd McFarlane that are starting to dip into crowdfunding with the spawn action figure i mean a million dollars in 2 days and he's well, got and, and another 20 some odd days left to go on that or jim starlin who basically got his dreadstar comic uh, yep. revival how many it, it was almost it was funded like immediately yeah well some of I mean, these are getting funded in 10 minutes you know and and that's the thing where if you set if you set your goal at x and then suddenly you know it, you blow through that in 10 minutes or 20 minutes or an hour that gives you a that gives you a marketing thing it's just like hey we got funded in an hour yeah, come see what the great if, thing is if you go to the jim starlin for those of you who don't know who jim starlin is he's a creator one of the, Thanos. Great, one of the the great comic creators of of the 20th century um you know thanos uh but certainly the one of the most famous characters but he also created a character called dreadstar um and i used to buy dreadstar in the comic book shop back in the day when it was uh when starlin was still writing it uh and uh back when i was a teenager and, and through part of college um but it's I mean, he's he's a he's one of those names in comics, right? So it's like, you know, the he comes he and like Todd McFarlane. These these are guys who come with history. They come with a built-in audience. They come with a track record. Mm. And in the case of someone like Starlin, it also comes with the fact that it's a return to it's a return uh, after him being away because of medical reasons, where he could not draw. Yeah. And then without telling anybody, he set out to get better. And he's been he's been he's been practicing uh, with his with his the the damage to his hand all these years, and some of the artwork looks just like Jim Starlin's artwork, so it's pretty coming across pretty successfully there. Thirteen days to go. He's got twelve hundred and fourteen backers. The twenty eight thousand dollar goal. Mm -hmm. He is currently sitting at ninety one thousand four hundred forty seven dollars. 
and that money gets you that gets you the new that gets you the new book which is the 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 Dread final Star part returns. of the dread star yep. saga from what the plan is it gets you basically a who's who of the dread star universe i think at the upper levels of the goal yep the, that's um, a guidebook written by robert greenberger and we've interviewed him a couple of times here and there's a ton of poster art and things like that that you can get from it too so i mean you're getting you're getting your money's worth and this is what the thing is something like this you know, Starlin and McFarland, these guys have built-in audiences. Yeah. Uh, and they've established themselves over time. And they've not been, neither, both of them have not been without controversy over the course of their careers. But they've also managed to consistently produce a product that people enjoy. Well, and, you also have somebody like Chuck Dixon, who's doing a new uh, Expendables comic book with Sylvester Stallone. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and Dynamite Comics has been using uh, Indiegogo to raise money for variant covers. So uh, I think currently right now they're doing stuff for the 50th anniversary of Vampirella where they have various different artists. Uh, I know Ethan's done a cover. Uh, Anna, that Star Wars girl, has done one. Uh, I think um, uh, Art Art T-Bear has done one. Uh, so basically you're raising money for copies of the Vampirella number one by Christopher Priest with these new covers on them. So it's basically, it's a, it's a, a, a specialized print run with these covers. Um, and, and, you know, some of these, some of these crowdfunding projects for covers. Now these people are saying, well, when are you, when is your book coming out? You know, when are you going to do a project? When are you, when, are you, when's your campaign? So, you know, people that haven't even thought about it, if they're on, you know, especially if they're doing YouTube channels and stuff, people keep asking them, where's, where's your crowdfunding project? So I'm waiting for somebody to ask us, when's our crowdfunding project? <laughs> Stay tuned, folks. Yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about some stuff. We're, we're talking, talking about, about some stuff. So, uh, so anyway, so yeah, so that's, that's a broad general discussion of it where you it's it's laying the groundwork for other discussions to be had and we'll we'll have more uh as we go on uh i do real quick want to give a shout out to drunk 3po who has a youtube channel here he had me on as a guest uh among other people that were part of his aliens watch party yesterday and uh, we picked up 22 new subscribers on our YouTube channel yesterday because of that. I want to just give him an, uh, a shout out. And speaking of watch parties, we're going to try it again this week on our Twitch channel. Thursday night, we're going to screen The Avengers over on Twitch. So uh, be watching all of our social media. We'll give you more details on that. And uh, brand new Salacious comes tomorrow night. So those are the programming notes. So, and I'll throw this up one more time. Our subscribe to our account if anybody wants to back us up uh, with sure. that stuff. And also we have a discount code set up over at SuperheroStuff.com. 10% off when you use the promo code Sci-Fi for me 10. Um, you should get everything delivered to you with a, within a relatively timely manner most of the time be careful when you order socks exactly yeah. well but you know 
socks disappear in your own apartment. That's so, true. Let alone that's true through, through the supply chain. I mean, you're, 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 it's a sock. You're taking a risk. Maybe that's what. Maybe this should be a tier. Sci-fi for me socks. Maybe. Why not? Why not? All right, folks, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks very much for watching. If you are new to the channel, feel free to subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you know when we upload or go live with new content. Like I said, we do every pretty much every day. Uh, we are doing daily updates on the Comic-Con schedule changes, and we have shows that we have new episodes throughout the week. And we do thank you for watching. We'll be back with another episode of this show next week. Good night, everyone. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.